Dear listener, we hope that you've been enjoying the variety of podcasts that we have on our network. Now is your opportunity to help us by telling us a little more about you. Please visit jcastnetwork.org survey and complete our listener survey so that we can learn more about you and your listening habits. Again, please visit jcastnetwork.org survey. Thanks so much. You are listening to Rearranged, a Jcast Network podcast. Join us each week as we delve deeper into some of the ideas brought up in the FYI docudrama series, Arranged. Welcome to Rearranged, Episode 4. I love you. I can't wait to get married. Now don't talk to me for a week. Uh, This week we will do as we have in the past. Uh, Look at Taylor and David's relationship, Monica and Mayor's relationship, and of course Vicky and Ben's relationship. And then try to get an idea of some of the Jewish themes that uh, were explored in this episode. Although I have to admit, this one was really hard. Um, but let's start, uh, as we always do, just by a quick rehash, and I'm going to try and make it shorter because they're getting a little long, uh, a little rehash on what happened in each of our couple's stories this week. Um, it was, uh, exciting moments for everyone. Well, yeah, exciting moments for everyone. Let's start with, um, Taylor and David, and it feels a lot like their, their story has kind of gotten stuck, um, Taylor is not getting along with Melba, her mother-in-law, or monster-in-law. Um, she has called her mother-in-law something terrible. Uh, and ta- and as if you remember last week, David has said something terrible to Taylor and saying that he didn't want to marry her. He wished he hadn't married her. That one is hard to get back from. Um, but that's where we start this week's episode. And, and uh, Taylor and David are, are trying to, to patch things up. Uh, he's picking her up from from her parents' house, where she stayed the night before, as you may remember. Uh, he apologizes for what he said, because, again, in his heart, he is the sweetest of sweet. Um, and she wants nothing to do with Melba, and she just continues to be uh, vitriolic and angry. Which, again, I kind of get, but uh, it's hard to watch. It's really, really hard to watch how angry and how upset she is. And as much as you may want to understand it or... Or feel Rahmanis feel feel compassion for her. Um, she they are in a really bad spot, and, you know. And it's like it's sort of funny because you know mother in laws are, are are kind of the butt of jokes always, and how families interact with mother in laws. Although usually it's the opposite direction. Usually it's um, the the man who doesn't get along with his mother in law, and here it's. I mean, I guess I don't know. Usually, usually in the joke, usually in the punchline, um, and here it's like seriously. Uh, horrible. And while I have to tell you, I don't see a lot of positives in um, Melba. I do think she's she's kind of getting a a really hard. She, it, it ain't it ain't fair what's going on with her. Um, anyway, uh, the relationship's not getting better. Uh, Taylor goes out with a friend of hers to a bull riding uh, competition. Uh, go, goes bull riding at a bar, of course, because that's what you do in Texas. Um, and tells her friend that she applied to be a flight attendant. Now, when you're three weeks married and you're applying for a job that will keep you away from the house um, as much as possible, it's not a good sign for a family, for a relationship. And worse yet, she hasn't even told 
uh, David that she's applied for this job. Now, I think she might be a really good flight attendant. I mean, that may be exactly her perfect job, but uh, I can't quite imagine that that being a perfect job for someone who is just starting uh, their married life. Um, now, her friend at this bull riding bar tells her that she needs to set things straight with Melba and give it one more chance, but Taylor once again has wants nothing to do with it. Um, finally, David, always the peacemaker, uh, goes to Melba and tells her that she needs to reach out to Taylor. You, it's destined to be terrible, but, you know, um, Melba says she will, um, and obviously has a phone call, makes a phone call, um, and then, of course, Taylor is furious that Mel that David asked Melba to. So she doesn't want to reach out herself. She doesn't want Melba to reach out to her. She doesn't want David to get involved. There's really no winning in this relationship. Um, but they do go have lunch, and um, she does not look happy about it. And then, of course, there they are sitting at this table, and, the, you know, it's the showdown. Um, Melba thinks that... Uh, that that Taylor doesn't take responsibility for her actions. Taylor then goes through an entire list of things that she, Melba did to her. Taylor says, I won't give you an apology. Melba says, I don't like your personality traits. Um, she's, I mean, the, what's said there is just horrible. And the end of the episode leaves you pretty much um, exactly where you think it will be, which is exactly where we were at the end of last episode. Um, we do see a teaser for the next week's episode where, uh, it looks like Taylor has gotten the job as a flight attendant, but has not take, told David, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. At this point, maybe David and will feel happy to, that she's doing something else. Now let's go to Manika and Mayur. Um, it is their wedding weekend. We now see their weekend, their, their wedding. Um, but it takes a little bit to get there. First, as you remember from last episode, uh, Monika is being is not showing up at her pre-wedding event, and everyone is waiting, and it's feeling really um, it's feeling anxious and weird. Um, and you know, Mayura is making jokes about the fact that she's always late, but it's obvious that everyone, including her parents, don't know what to do about her. She arrives. She gets brought in on a on a lounge carried by people. He's sitting there on a swing, very traditional garb. Um, and then there's dancing, um, and she does a dance for him, and he refuses to do a dance for her. Which, now dance is becoming a huge piece of this entire episode. When, when they dance, when won't they dance? Um, they then move forward to preparing for their first dance and a traditional Indian wedding. The first dance is a very symbolic event, and he doesn't want to get involved in it, doesn't want to practice, doesn't want to choreograph. And, you know, the guy, uh, I can sort of understand it, but it's so obvious that um, that this is important to her. And it's interesting that on some level, when uh, when Ben and Vicky were dealing with, uh, with their first dance, at least there, there was a tradition that disallowed him from doing a dance with her, again, ruining her her honeymoon, her her vision, her dream of what it would look like. But uh, here in the Indian customs, there is custom for a dance, uh, and yet he doesn't want to have anything to be uh, a part of. Um, He doesn't seem interested. The next component, which I really actually thought was a beautiful piece, and I've been trying to get a friend of mine who uh, got married a number, it was 13, 14 years ago, um, to come and talk to me about it because they did this as well. But we're now a few days before the wedding and Manika is together with her women friends for a henna ceremony. 
um, where they're each getting henna, uh, which is kind of a, a brown ink inked onto their arms and hands in a in a kind of ancient, beautiful pattern. Um, and so this is a special ceremony. And again, so I had some friends who had this ceremony and I've reached out to them to see if they would do a quick interview with me to talk about it. Um, if I get them to respond soon, I hopefully will be able to put it on for this week's episode. Otherwise, maybe I'll do a special added episode um, to talk about it because it was really a beautiful ceremony. But while they're in the midst of this ceremony, because there's always drama on this show, um, Mayor calls and says, by the way, did you respond to this one email um, about the cake or about the size of the table or something ridiculous? He says, I'm actually finally, I'm helping you, which is sort of like a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very gendered response. Um, but I'm helping you on this merit wedding and I, you didn't see, see me. And it's like, just, it just showed this relationship also kind of having a really hard time. I feel like I'm not sure I would have chosen this group of people to do this kind of a wedding. Um, everyone seems to not be getting along. Um, but anyway, uh, she also again talks about the dance. It doesn't happen. Um, Hours before the wedding, she's getting her. She got her wedding dresses. I don't know if you remember in episode one or two, she was hoping that her wedding would, her wedding dresses that she designed would arrive. They arrive. They're beautiful. She's wearing bangles. Um, her her henna had not come out very dark, and the and the mother talks about in an earlier interview piece that the darker the the henna comes out, the more the man loves the woman. Now, you know, obviously it had nothing to do with anything, but it was, you know, kind of boding badly. It was a good, it was good for drama on the show. Um, and at this event, at this moment, uh, she, uh, uh, Manika says, and he hasn't even practiced dancing, which is just terrible. Um, the ceremony is beautiful. Uh, he takes off his shoes. Uh, her parents puts both of their hands together, um, and they do a beautiful ceremony. Finally, Mayor puts what I think they called a, a manga sutra necklace, which is the equivalent of the wedding ring, um, and it's really quite beautiful. Uh, and they're now at the reception, about to be introduced, and Manika once more says, can we practice a dance? And he says, it's too late, and I don't want to. Um, and of course, they don't rehearse the dance. They enter the wedding, uh, and he just sits there while she dances for him and then just stands up and fakes it. Um, and it's, again, sort of sort of depressing that he couldn't do this for her. Um, but they look happily married. The ceremony was really beautiful. I would love to actually talk to somebody a little more to learn more about Indian weddings. Um, I think that this show could be such, the overall, could be so much more interesting and compelling if they actually brought in a sociologist or a religious uh, teacher to kind of, you know, give us the little, like, you know, the, like the professor in the wheelchair in Rocky Horror who stops and, and kind of gives a little bit of background. I mean, I guess that's a little bit of what we're trying to do with our podcast. Um, but it would be really nice if it was done differently. Um, and that comes the end of their, their, their story for this week. Um, and now of course, let's go to all our, you know, our, our, our couple, Vicky and Ben. Vicky is leaving New York to go to Seattle. Again, the wedding is one, in one week. Um, and they talk about, and this is what I hope to talk to Stephanie about um, during our interview portion, um, the idea that they're not going, that Vicky and Ben are not going to see each other or talk to one another for the full week before uh, their wedding, which I had never heard of this as a tradition. Um, you know, I've heard of the don't see each other before the wedding, although that didn't seem to me like a Jewish tradition. 
Um, you know, people say, don't see the bride in her wedding dress until the wedding day, those kind of things. I had never really uh, heard about it in the Jewish tradition. Um, but um, there's then a really interesting interview with Vicky's mom, and Vicky, she, Vicky's mom talks about how she went to Israel and came back observant and then was kosher and went to the high holidays. Obviously, her family had grown up, or the family in which she grew up was not very observant, but Vicky found that. Um, we now move over to Ben, who uh, calls in to Vicky and her mom and says, this is the last time I'm going to talk to you for a week. Um, and, and, and then the next, and you know, it's like next time you see him, he says, I'm going to have a bachelor party. All the bachelor parties are not, it's kind of be a lame bachelor party. And he questions why people would go to a strip club for a bachelor party. I'm not making a judgment neither here nor there. But um, he ends up sitting around having beer and hot dogs with his friends. His friends ask him, and it was actually sort of an interesting place, asks him, like, you know, so you're going to have sex for the first time, and it's going to be the only person, and do you think it'll always be special? Um, and he actually says that he, you know, his vision is that it will be always special, and it'll always be kind of a beautiful moment, and it'll always be, always be, not just the first time they have sex, um, but he also indicates that he's embarrassed to be having this conversation with his friends. Um you now fast forwarding, and and uh, Vicky and her mom are sitting there, and Vicky is complaining that she has to do the seating arrangements for the wedding, but doesn't know how to do it because Ben, you know, she doesn't know how to seat her Ben's friends, and of course she can't call Ben, um, which, you know, again, it's like ridiculous. Like this is why either you need to be much more organized um, and have all these conversations before the week before the wedding, or you have to talk. Um, in the week before the wedding. They then have a rehearsal dinner, uh, and Vicky doesn't go, again, because they're not supposed to see each other for the first for the week before the wedding. Um, you know, Vicky's mom, Vicky's aunt does show up at the rehearsal dinner and meets Ben, and a lot of people seem to be asking Ben what's his plans. He, oh, I hope to go into business. What do you plan on going into business with? He doesn't know. Um, there seems to be a lot of confusion and kind of worry about this young couple getting married. Um, then Vicky and, and Vicky's mom and, and Vicky's aunt are talking, um, and talking about kind of the complications and how Vicky's mom is feeling about the wedding, um, and their, and, and, and how the wigs, you know, how she's surprised by the wigs. And I think this has a lot to do with just a non, non, um, Orthodox woman kind of watching her Orthodox daughter, um, and not being sure what it's all about and trying to do her best to understand it and connect with it. The next scene, Vicky and her mom are kind of trying on Vicky's wigs and, and Vicky's mom is saying, oh, it looks just like your hair. Um, and Vicky mom, Vicky's mom says something beautiful about the fact that like, you know, she's just rolling with it because being in relationship with Vicky is just um, at her core and, uh, and what's important to her. Uh, all right, well, that is uh, where the episode ends. I think next week we actually may get Vicky and Ben's wedding, so all three couples will be married. It will be interesting to see how the show moves. Um, I am hoping that we will see kind of a new story emerge um, for all of them because um, I feel like the the Taylor-David story is getting a little bit repetitive. Um, the Mayor and, 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 and Maneka story should be wonderful because now that they're married, they can actually experience this and deal with this in a different way. 
Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing Ben and Vicky's wedding as well. All right, in a few minutes, I hope to bring uh, Stephanie in to do uh, our recap on the Jewish tradition of not seeing or speaking to your spouse for the week before the wedding. And we're back. Uh, as always, I am now sitting here with uh, Rabbi Stephanie Ruske, otherwise known as the Yes, I Saw Her the Week Before My Wedding Wife. Um, <laughs> Stephanie, thanks for joining us once again. Thanks for having me. Um, so this week's episode of Arranged, um, for Vicky and Ben, the, mo- the most compelling component when it came to the Jewish tradition, the halakha questions, was that of, um, of their decision not to see one another or speak to one another for the entirety of the week before they were getting married. Um, this is not anything I had ever, you know, I, like there's an old tradition like, you know, you should, the, and it's not Jewish, but the tradition of you don't, the bride shouldn't be seen, excuse me, the groom shouldn't see the bride before the wedding in the wedding dress or something, you know, like in this, and then, and, but that's not Jewish. And the idea of not seeing or speaking to one another for an entire week before the wedding, I had never heard of. Can you kind of share with me where this halacha or this tradition come from? It's an Ashkenazic tradition, um, which means that it comes from the Polish and Eastern European Jewish community. There's not really any actual evidence for it in the Talmud and other halachic Jewish law sources. Um, it's something that some people chose to do, but there's not real. It's totally a minhag. It's not. Um, it's not law. It's tradition, and there are not legal sources that reference it. It does seem like there was an old tradition um, of brides and grooms not seeing each other between engagements and weddings. Those were also out of a whole different era when, first of all, people were, well, maybe it's a current era because it's arranged marriages where people just met each other, had very little time in between when they got to know each other and got married. And um, so... So they weren't seeing each other. And so in the earliest sources that do maybe talk about this and they're kind of obscure, it's about a time when you didn't see each other from the engagement to the marriage. So this thing about just for the week before is a new thing and it's a tradition, not legal. Right. But the when you're saying the engagement and the wedding, I mean, on some level in Jewish tradition now, those two things happen at the, at the same time at the Jewish wedding ceremony. Is that right? That is correct. And those two things are called? Erosin and Kedushin. And those are now just... Or Nisuin. And these are just part of the same kind yes. of under the chuppah events. Correct. But they weren't always. And right. so in a time when they were separated events, there may have also been for some people this tradition of you don't talk to each other in between. Maybe because that would cause strife, according to some sources. <laughs> Don't get to know each other too well. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so, so what you were saying between engagement and, and wedding, we're not, it's not talking about that in the ways that we're talking about that in today's Correct. lexicon. Um, so, but, so you're saying it's really just a minhag, it's just a, a tradition. What, what do you think that's a... a what do you, where, where do you think it comes from? I think it's about trying to make the moment when you see the person you're about to marry the most special so of course there's going to be a whole lot of built-up excitement if you have been anticipating seeing each other for a week also so i think it's about 
it's about making it more special. It could be also in a traditional perspective about warding off the evil eye. If you're both in the same place at the same time, liminal moments are moments when if you are believing in religious superstitions, there are also moments when evil spirits can come. And so if you're not together, somehow you're warding off the evil spirits. Uh, All right. Well, this was not the most interesting Jewish topic to focus on, but it's what the show gave us this week. So um, thanks a lot for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's our episode for this week. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Um, From the previews on uh, at the end of this episode, it looks like this coming episode uh, could be really exciting. I hope you're all watching Arranged on FYI, Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. And I hope you'll join us again next week for another edition of Rearranged. I want to wish a mazel tov to Manika and Mayur. And, uh, you know, only simchas. See you next week.